All right, joining us right now from uh, a, a place that uh, I hope he's got plenty of sunscreen on. Uh, joining us now is Adam Gladstone down at the beach, down the ocean. How are you, Adam? I, I, I couldn't ask for a better day, you know, to be able to talk to you guys and just uh... – I wish you guys could see what I could see right now. You could it would probably make things a little bit easier instead of watching uh, watching the club play the way they have the past uh, so, all, all season. So, so what exactly? You. Uh, you're a married man with kids. What exactly are you watching down there? Just the the. the I am the, not going to incriminate myself by telling you what I'm watching right now. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, let's talk about something that's uh, vastly different. And that's the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, decided to do a show today. I mean, uh, Rich Dubroff is on every week, and I know he cares passionately about the Orioles, but he's an objective uh, beat writer. Uh, the rest of my guests, including yourself, Andrew Stetka, Josh Soroka, Michael Janowski, are kind of more in what I would call Oriole fan base, even though you're a baseball professional. Uh, where do you think you start with uh, trying to fix what ails this team? Well, I can only go off of what the experience that I had the only time in the game when I was actually fired because I was part of a club that I put together that wasn't successful back in 2009, coming off a playoff run uh, for the York Revolution. Mm -hmm. I had a pretty good nucleus, and everything that we did right in 2008 was incorrect in 2009. And and, uh, Chris Hoyles and I made it through three-quarters of the way of the season, and then ownership felt at that point that what we had done for the first couple of years of the of that organization wasn't good enough to uh, to continue on, and they made a decision and and you know really changed it from from the top down. And 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 I you know look I understand that the Angelos family is very passionate uh, about the team and about the team that they put out there, but in order for something that's as drastic that has occurred. Um, for the, the latter part of last year and, and all of this season, there do need to be some major changes. And, and I would, I just hope that the ownership group either put someone in place that can make those changes or, um, and, 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 can, and honestly needs to bring some new life in, in a lot of different areas. One of the things, Stan, that you and I have talked about for years is if you take the roster of the front office, of the Baltimore Orioles and you compare the front office roster to any other of the 29 major league organizations, you are going to see a roster of front office personnel that is very small compared to the average major league organization. And I think that what has happened is you have too many people that you have not, you have, how do I say this? You have less amount of people with more opinions Right, because they're obligated to taking on to multitasking, and I think that eventually, that's what's happened in this organization. And, and you've got, you know, you certainly have Dan, and you certainly have Buck, and, and you can't lose sight of the fact of what those guys accomplished when they came in here. You know, they they did make baseball relevant again here in Baltimore on the tail end of what Andy McPhail had started, but now you've got a situation where, you know what, it's time for. A, a change and it's probably not going to happen first at the ownership level it's going to have to it's going to be the trickle down effect because it's the golden rule they've yep. got the gold so they rule so you know Let probably dan ends up you would think uh being moved 
Um, Buck is certainly a question mark right now. Um, do I think Buck could be successful in some areas of the organization? Yes. Yep. But does it make sense for him to continue on as manager? I, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, there are not many managers, and both both you and I both have a great deal of respect for what who Buck is, what he's accomplished in his career, but there aren't many of those people that survive a stretch of 27 and 77, which is what this team now is from about September 5th or 6th last year. That's their record, 50 games under 500. Yeah, and I think if Buck was sitting in a, in a different role and he had a manager that was working for him, I think he would say, hey, you yep. know what? It, it might make sense for us to, to make a move. And, you know, I, but I think that the fact that no moves have been made really anywhere within the organization, as far as we know, yep. I think that's the telltale sign of the answers and the direction that the organization is getting from the top down is not working. And there, there's, there seems to be a disconnect. Let me, that's why the club is in the situation that they're in. Let me ask you a question. When you when you said that, if you sort of put the, the Oriole front office blueprint on top of other teams or, or underneath, and you'd see how, how many extra names are we talking about? I mean, are they five short? Are they 15 short? Well, uh, I'd say a good 15 easy. Yeah. So you're a good ta- 15 easy in, in all levels of, Yes. The operation. You're talking about scouting and analytics and those those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, you take a you take a GM and and you know Dan Duquette for all intents and purposes is the general manager. Sure. Any major league general managers have three or four special assistants that report to him. Right. You know, there's three or four names right there that the, the Orioles don't have. Yep. So, you know, then you take the scouting department and and you know you take your amateur scouting and your pro scouting. And, I mean, there's just so many different levels of what needs to be done that, that it's not there. And, and it's never been – it truly hasn't ever been there. So that's just the situation in – the way the situation is right now. We're talking with Adam Gladstone, a baseball executive over his uh, life around the game, former minor league umpire, also video review person for the Orioles when the first year that uh, uh, baseball went to video review. We're talking with Adam about some of the issues concerning the Baltimore Orioles. Um, you were the first person that mentioned. I'm gonna I'm gonna out you as the first person that mentioned <laughs> Billy Ripken as a as a name that you would strongly consider as manager of the baseball team. I don't think you have any great insider info on that, but could you tell our our listeners here and the folks watching on Facebook Live? why you think he'd be kind of the perfect guy to be the counter Buck Showalter? Sure. So, so I had the opportunity to work with Billy in 2000 when, in a, in a brief history, Ripken stadium was originally built for the Atlantic league. Mm -hmm. And in 2000, before the stadium was was built, we ended up uh, fielding a team that played at Harford community college that participated in the Atlantic league at that time, managed by Daryl Evans, uh, pitching coach was Rick Wise. And during the All-Star break, the Major League Baseball All-Star break, Daryl had the opportunity to go back to Atlanta, where we all know he played, sure, and participate for the three days over the All-Star break. And, and at that point, Billy came in and managed the club for three days, and he and I flew up to Long Island. 
and I watched him come into a situation where he had certainly been around the club. This is only two years after he'd stopped playing. He had certainly been around the club to know the ins and outs, but just the way that he interacted for player number one, the star player on the team, down to the 25th guy on the roster, it just really opened up my eyes of how intuitive um, he is, in the, obviously in the game, his the pedigree, the, the, the stuff that he's learned from his dad and from his brother. And the other thing that, that really made sense to me was, here was a guy that if I told you played parts of 12 years in the big leagues, many people would be surprised by that number. But he needed to do everything he possibly could to stay at the major league level. And what that tells me is, you know, if you were to take Cal and Billy, the game came easier to Cal because of Cal's physical attributes. The game didn't come as easy to Billy. So Billy had to find everything in his power to be successful. And I think he would have the ability, because he'd been around his brother, who's a Hall of Famer, to know how to interact with him. He was a Hall of Fame type player, all the way down, to be honest with you, to the player that he is that 25th man on the roster or, you know, the guy that for a couple of years would be the starter, but he was your, you know, your super utility guy. So he really opened up my eyes. And then you, you add on, you know, look, he went and he also remembered, let's not forget, he did coach in the world baseball classic. Mm-hmm. He was part of Joe Torrey. I think it was Torrey's club. Uh, Torrey was the manager for uh, team USA. So he certainly has that in him. And, and I think would want to do something like that. Um, but then you, you couple that with his experience on MLB Network and having to know what all 30 clubs are mm-hmm. doing, prepared to do. I, I just think it's a huge asset. But his teaching ability, and let's not kid ourselves, whoever comes in is going to have to be a hell of a teacher yep. and is going to have to relate. And these guys, we have always talk about this. These 25 guys are sitting on that bench, and they look down at the end, and they take a look at who their skipper is. You have nothing but respect for what Billy Ripken has done in the game. We're talking with Adam Gladstone. Adam, one of the trickier parts of that thing, and, and as, as you you were the first person to mention Billy's name to me about five, six weeks ago, and it's percolated and resonated more and more with me. The, the one odd part of it is I think if there was a Ripken that we thought was going to play a meaningful role in the Baltimore Orioles organization, uh, the name Cal Ripken resonates first but I agree with you that Billy's the right guy for that job. With the relationship the Ripkins have with uh, one Brady Anderson, could you see Cal finally being invited into the fold in maybe a, I'm not talking about a ceremonial position, but kind of like how George Brett is a, a vice president sure. in Kansas City, uh, and suddenly that gives your front office a little bit of clout and, um, you know, people take notice a little bit. Absolutely. There is a role. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Cal's got HOF after his name. Yeah. He, he grew up like, <laughs> like Billy did. So there is certainly a role for Cal Ripken within the Orioles organization. I don't think it's as a manager on the field. but, but and, and let's let's also know, Cal's got more business opportunities than Billy does. Sure. So I think if you were to put Cal in that special assistant to the ownership or special assistant to the general manager or special assistant to the president of baseball operations that allowed him the flexibility to continue to do his and fulfill his business obligations while also being able to work with yours. I will tell you a story, and I heard this 
um, back when I was actually left the Griffin organization, that when Cal decided to retire and Peter Angelos did not want a Ripken-owned team right. to, be, to be an independent league club, they wanted an Oriole affiliate. They created a spot so that we could, they could, we could have the Aberdeen Ironbirds. But one of the caveats of that deal was, even though Cal and Billy were the owners of that club, and even though those guys knew more baseball than anybody else in the baseball operations department for the Baltimore Orioles, they were not allowed to come in and work with any of the infielders or, or any of the position players or, or anybody for mm-hmm. that matter. That was up to the player development staff that the Orioles had in place. And it just goes to show you how you have these resources that need to be tapped into. And yeah. look, they obviously love teaching the game to the youth, but they have so much. They, the both of them have done so much at the professional level. I think it would be a perfect scenario. And let's be honest, if Cal had something to say, to the manager of the Baltimore Orioles, and it's his brother, Billy. Yeah. Billy's going to listen to it. So if I were in, in kind of wrapping up this time and letting me go back, you know, I do this show called After Bird Watching. I have a feeling that that's what you're doing down at the beach today. Uh, yeah. But not after. You're in the midst of bird watching. Correct. Uh, if, I were, if I were to say that three months from now it's announced that uh, Brady Anderson is going to be president of baseball operations – with special assistant Cal Ripken Jr., uh, a general manager of, be it Ned Coletti or somebody, you know, a veteran. Or, 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 Ned, or Ned Rice. Or Ned Rice, of a, a, a somewhat experienced guy in the, in the role of general manager, and that Billy is the manager, you think I might be on to something. Well, here, let me, let me throw this out there. Yeah. One of the things that we haven't discussed, and I don't know how much time we have, and I'm trying to be we as got about, as possible. We got about two minutes. All right. One of the things that is being lost in all this is the Orioles organization, take the baseball side out of it. Yeah. Whatever moves they make need to do something that's going to entice the fans to come back in sure. and want to watch. And if you were to include the Ripkins here in Baltimore, that's not that's going to be a win-win on the baseball side, but it's also going to be on the business side. And, and you and I have, have had these talks with how personable uh, and how Billy has the ability to dumb it down and, and make everybody feel, like I said, from that superstar down to that 25th man on the roster, to feel that they're an integral part. He can do that for sponsors because I did it with him. Mm-hmm. He and I did that hand-in-hand in, hand in Aberdeen. And, and for him to do it at the major league level, based on what he's done, I think it would be a huge coup to get both Billy and Cal involved, not only on the baseball side, but also on the business side of bringing the sponsors and bringing the fans back in. Uh, Fascinating uh, to listen to the uh, scenario as we lay it out. Uh, Really appreciate your spending some time with us. Uh, You back in town next week? Absolutely. I may yes. I may grab you again uh, or talk to you during the week about helping me g- get a couple guests. Craig Heist going to be out for a few weeks with uh, uh, Phil Wood recovering from surgery, and uh, he's doing that Mass and Nats show. So sure. uh, I'm, a, I'm a man down. So I'll talk to you. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon and uh, the weekend with your family. I always appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Adam Gladstone, uh, one of the smarter guys I talked to about the great game of baseball.